Welcome to the Thought Boss Podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm here to show you that all the help you need is already inside of you and that you're far more powerful than you give yourself credit for. I'm glad you're here. Now let's turn you into a Thought Boss. Hey guys, it's season two, episode nine. Today I'm sharing with you something really fun. This is my home birth story. And the reason I'm sharing it is because I've been coaching all March on Instagram um, on anxiety and how to handle it, how to feel it, how to not let it ruin your life. So I thought that this would be such a good story to share because the way that I got through my home birth was by turning all of the pain that I was feeling into something that was actually helping me. So I'm gonna tell you the story. So first, just to let you know, I have four kids. My oldest is 10. He was a home birth um, in Las Vegas, Nevada. We had a certified nurse midwife. Um, She's amazing. She has her own birth center there now. She has done so many births and is like, I don't know, I just felt super safe safe with her. I'm not going to get into why we chose home birth, all that stuff. If you want to ask me, you can totally message me on Instagram and I would love to talk about it because who doesn't love to talk about their birth, especially if it was a home birth and it was good. So anyway, first one was great. Um, I took a class called hypnobirthing um, and it just taught me how to use my mind to like not feel so much pain, to like really work with my body and... It was great. I practiced it. I worked with my body. I worked with my mind. Um, But it was also a really long labor, mostly because it was the first one. And it was like, you know, it was like 26 hours or something, which I think is pretty normal for a first birth. It just, it was a long time. And so it was harder for me to know what to expect and like to know how to get through it. It was still really, really good. And I felt like I was really prepared. Um, the second birth was a year and a half later and I thought, oh, I've done this before. This will no, be no big deal. And I was totally wrong. <laughs> I did not practice at all because I was like, oh, I've done this. Like, I know how to do this. This is fine. And what ended up happening was that it felt awful and I was in a ton of pain. I was fighting my body. I was fighting all of the pain and it was just really, really difficult. So I did not prepare for the second birth and it was just disastrous. I got pregnant again, like pretty soon after that. My my first two kids are a year and a half apart and then my second two kids are like just almost exactly two years apart, two years and a few days. So I waited a little bit longer, but I was kind of terrified because that second birth was just so hard, but I knew I didn't want to do it in a hospital. I thought, okay, all I have to do is just practice. My first birth was great. I can have another great birth. So I practiced like it was my job (laughs) and it was my job. I wasn't a life coach yet, but um, I was using the power of affirmations. Um, I would use a ton of visualization And I just was in the place where like, okay, this baby is coming out some way, somehow, and it can either hurt really, really bad, or it can like 
maybe not hurt really bad. And maybe it's up to me. It was like the only option I had was just to believe that if I practiced, if I worked on this, I actually could make a difference in how it felt and how it went. So I practiced visualizing, I practiced affirmations, I practiced all the things. Um, the day came, my water actually broke on this one. This is my first daughter and it makes so much sense like why she would be the one to break my water. She's just like amazing, independent, fierce, like knows what she wants. And she was just like, all right, time to come. Just broke it open. Like today's my birthday, let's go. <laughs> so my water broke a few days before my due date. And so obviously I went into active labor from then and called my midwife. Um, she came over, we did some walking, I felt amazing. And then the really hard contractions started happening. And at first I was really nervous about them, but I thought, all right, I have practiced. I know what to do. And so a lot of my affirmations were about my body and the way that it was supposed to respond. And I just essentially gave directions to my body. Like, all right, like my like cervix opens and closes at the right time. My blood vessels open and close when they should so that I have the exact amount of bleeding that's necessary. I work with my baby. My body knows what to do. All of those things, like people think that affirmations are just words, but you and I know that they're powerful. You and I know that words are the way that we communicate with ourselves and that they carry energy. They're actually carrying directions from your mouth or your brain into your body. Everything starts as words in your mind. So if you want to tell your body to do something, you've got to send it a message. And so what was happening is I was saying these affirmations and the more that I said them, the more that I believed them. And it was the believing that actually caused me to feel a lot of peace and a lot of trust, trust in myself, trust in my body. And I just want you to think about how that feels in your body when you trust yourself because you end up feeling really calm. And that's kind of the opposite of pain. Like instead of being worried and fearful about what's happening, you trust and you feel peace about it. And it changed the physical experience of my body. We can do that with the way that we think about things. You know, when like a little kid is like really hurt, they think that it's really, really bad and like they're dying. The pain is so much worse. It feels so much worse because they think it's really bad. So when you know that it's not a big deal, that your body knows what to do, that this is normal, you're powerful and you're strong, then you're not making it worse by creating more pain. Pain always originates in the mind. It's just nerves. It's just signals from your brain to your body. And so these contractions are happening. I'm listening to my affirmations. And then it starts to get really hard. Then it's kind of like the transition phase. And if you've had a baby, you might know that at transition phase, it's right before it's about time to push. It's when it gets really exciting, except for to the mom, it does not feel exciting. Like without fail, every time I've been in transition and with like so many of my friends that I've talked to, 
that's the part where the mom says, I can't do this. This is too hard. I can't do it. And you just automatically know that when that thought comes in, that's when something big is about to happen. I'm just getting chills just talking about it because birth is so magical. It can be so magical. If you've had a traumatic birth, I feel for you. And my heart kind of breaks for you because I want you to know that like you didn't deserve that and that a magical birth is totally available to you, whatever that looks like. I'm not, I'm not going to go into that. That's not what I'm coaching on today. But back to my birth story, it started to get really hard where those contractions are just like 30 seconds apart or less, like 10 and 20 seconds apart. And so I like just picture me, I'm standing in my living room. I've got a tub there, but I'm not standing in the tub. The tub is just there like as warm water to like help relax me. But I'm standing, trusting my body that it wants to stand. I'm kind of like rocking back and forth on my legs. And then what happens is a contraction comes, and this was amazing, a visualization popped into my head of like, I think I had listened to like some kind of podcast or some kind of like meditation track or something. And it gave me the idea to do this. It was really, really helpful. So this visualization pops into my head of like this little monster, like a Sesame Street monster, like a nice fluffy, floofy, like colorful, fuzzy monster. And that was the contraction. And I closed my eyes and every time that the contraction started to squeeze, I imagined that this little monster was the contraction. He was coming in front of me, but instead of being an enemy, he was my friend. And I would just sit there as he would squeeze me. He was kind of small, like could fit in my hand, but intense, bringing intense pain. Instead of pushing it away and like trying not to feel the pain, really resisting it, I decided to lean in. And I did that by saying, thank you for being here. I was talking to this little monster. Thank you for being here. Thank you for bringing me closer to my baby. And I held hands with this little monster and the pain who, who like the monster represented this contraction and the pain that came along with it. And the, it was like the monster was holding my hand, helping me through it. And then as the contraction would go away, they would kind of slide over to the left and disappear. And I'd say, thank you. Thank you for bringing me closer to my baby. And that was magic. I'm telling you, that was the most empowering thing I have ever done. Because I was in charge of the pain that I felt. And I felt so cool in that moment. I felt on top of the world. Like if you can go through labor pain and have it be an empowering experience, there's nothing that you can't do. Seriously. So anyway, got through all of those contractions and then got to the pushing part. She came out. I got to hold her. It was just everything that you would want a birth to be. So empowering. Anyway, I think of that story and I've told it to like all my friends who like have asked me about my home birth and have asked for tips and things. And I just told them the visualization. And I always say at the beginning, like, I know this sounds kind of funny, 
but like this is what I did. And I actually use that now in my coaching because it was such a powerful experience. But I don't just use it with contractions. In fact, I've never used it with contractions. Nobody has ever come to me as a labor coach, but I've used it with all the other painful emotions that people have had. So anxiety is kind of one of those painful emotions. And the reason that I use this is because anxiety isn't going to go away by you pushing it away. Like mine pops up all the time when I'm doing all sorts of random things. And the best way for me to get through it is to recognize that it's here and to stop trying to push it away and to kind of be a friend to it. Just be like, hi, how's it going? What's up? What would you like to say? And the more like friendly I am with it, I guess the more that part of me feels like it can be itself and like it doesn't have to hide and that there's nothing wrong with me for feeling anxiety. So it's kind of like one part of me is talking to the other part of me. That's all that I was doing with these contractions is one part of me was talking to the contractions or the pain. And that was still in me. That was still part of me. But I was using the part of me that is full of wisdom and like very present to talk to this part of me that was trying to bring a lot of pain. And the thing that I think it really needed to hear was it's okay if you're here. I want you to think about other negative emotions that might be in your life that you're like, no, I'm not willing to feel that. I'm not willing to feel embarrassed. I'm not willing to feel scared. I'm not willing to feel shame. And instead of feeling it, what do you do? You go distract yourself. You grab your phone. You start scrolling on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, or you go play a game on your phone. You go turn on the TV. You go get something to eat. It's just a distraction from the thing that the negative emotion is making you feel because it feels uncomfortable. Like, of course we run want to run away from that. It feels awful. But the thing about running away from it is it doesn't actually go away. It actually stays there. It just gets pushed further down. And then we have to keep doing things that distract us from that pain, or we get really good at just like not feeling at all, but it doesn't actually make it go away. You see how the problem is still actually there. We're just hiding from it. You can get really good at hiding. You can hide behind food and, and your phone for a really long time. You can be like a productive person, like work in an office and answer phones and distract yourself from things, from feelings very easily. But under the surface, the pressure is building. And those feelings at some point have to come out, whether it's in a panic attack, a nervous breakdown, um, you having like an outburst at like your kids or your family or like some way it's going to come out. It could come out in your body, it could come out in disease, illness. That's how emotions work. They are the most powerful thing that we have and they create the things in our lives. And emotions come from thoughts, but sometimes they just pop up. Sometimes anxiety, you can't always pinpoint like where it came from. Like what thought was I thinking when I got that anxiety? I know I talk all the time about thoughts. I'm the thought boss. I help you think new thoughts. But this is important to know. Sometimes feelings just come up and we're in the middle of doing something and we can't find where it originated from. And so we distract ourselves until we get home and then we fall apart or we 
um, lash out at our partner or whoever we're seeing at the end of the day. That's why we do those things. I want you to think about how you act at the end of the day when your emotions can finally come out. Do you hide from them or do they come out somehow in the way that you're treating other people or in traffic? Think about all the people on the road who are getting all their negative emotions out by traffic, by, by being jerks in their cars to other people or road rage, like driving really fast. So you can't help but have your feelings show up in your life. Unfortunately, if you're not coaching on them, they're just going to keep showing up and coming out in unhealthy ways, like anger and yelling and like eating and throwing up and, or they're just going to stick in there. They're going to make you sick. You can't hide from them. So how do we get our feelings out in a really healthy way? Today, I'm just talking about anxiety and how to feel it. So you're going to do the exact same thing that I did with my contractions. When anxiety pops up first, you've got to notice it. You've got to just expect that these are like, these are like the contractions of life. That's what anxiety is. Anxiety is like the thing that is squeezing you, trying to make you feel so much pain in order to get you through to the next phase of something, like the next part of life. Anxiety thinks that it's really necessary. And let's just say for the sake of it, that it is necessary because it's there, because it's showing up. Maybe it's here to teach you something. Maybe it's here because you need to learn how to handle anxiety or how to realize that everything in your life is not a problem. Anyway, let's just assume that it's going to happen. Just like we assume contractions are going to happen when we have, when we give birth, we're going to assume that anxiety is going to happen when we are living life. Okay. So when it pops up, Number one, just notice it. Be like, oh, there's anxiety. I feel this pit in my stomach. Totally normal. I'm a human. Of course it's here. In fact, I expected it to be here. doesn't matter when it pops up. I just expect that sometimes it's going to pop up. And then instead of snapping at somebody or being rude to the cashier or like driving really fast and getting, or getting distracted and picking up your phone, Instead, we're going to like open the door, let anxiety in. Hi, anxiety. How's it going? We're like actually going to have a conversation with it. Sometimes I just put my hand on my stomach so I can actually differentiate between like me and the anxiety. And I just have a conversation with it. Like it's here to help me. It's here to show me something. It's here to talk to me. And then we talk to it. And your anxiety might say something like, oh, I'm so nervous. I'm not going to get everything done today. And then you just get to talk back to it. This is where coaching really comes in handy is because at first, like if you just do this exercise without like knowing what to say back to your anxiety, then you're just going to believe your anxiety. So for now, what I can tell you is like, just don't believe it. Just listen to it as if it has something to say and it just wants to say it, but it doesn't want you to solve it. Like it just needs to get it out. Okay. But what I can do to help you is I can actually talk you through all the things that your anxiety is saying is important. And we can literally solve all those problems so that when we come back, so that when anxiety pops up again, we're like, oh yeah, I already solved that problem. Like remember anxiety, how this is not a problem and we know how to handle this. But for now, just know that you can listen to anxiety without believing it. You can allow anxiety to be there 
without like hanging on to every word that anxiety is saying. So it might be really freaked out and say something like, I'm just so worried everybody's gonna think this about me and then nobody will like me and I won't have any friends and it's so scary when people are watching me or when people are expecting something of me and what if I let them down and all of these things. As you're listening, I want you to just like be present. Be aware that right now we are safe and that anxiety, the actual feeling, this little fuzzy monster, that's the person who's freaking out. It's not you, it's the anxiety. So listen to it, let it talk, but don't believe it because that's not you. This alone is gonna really, really help because you're gonna stop resisting anxiety and you're gonna start allowing it. And then you're gonna realize, oh, this wasn't as hard as I thought. I can actually live like a really happy life even when anxiety pops up like all the time. You can handle emotions. You can handle a little knot in your stomach. You can handle a big knot in your stomach. You can handle shaking. You can handle panic attacks. Even during that moment when it feels like bad things are happening and you're breathing really hard. I have walked so many clients through panic attacks because there's always that part of you that can see yourself having a panic attack or else you would have just like blacked out and not known you had a panic attack and then it wouldn't be a problem, it'd just be over. But there's a part of you that can see yourself having a panic attack and that's the part of you I want you to hold on to. And just notice the pain, notice the breathing. Oh, I'm having a panic attack right now. Oh, my body is breathing really hard. My heart is beating really fast. And I know this is going to end in probably a few minutes. And it's going to be okay. But for now, I'm going to let myself have a panic attack. That's actually going to lessen the pain of it because there's not going to be all this stress and this pressure to end the panic attack. And what's wrong with me? And I have to change this. And I'm not equipped for this. And everything is going wrong going to change how you feel about yourself in that moment. Panic attacks are just your body letting out emotions that you weren't letting come out in the first place. You will have way fewer panic attacks or none at all when you start allowing anxiety to have some space in your life. Now, this doesn't have to be your life forever. Like you can get coaching and you can have way less anxiety You can teach yourself to automatically go into this place where you feel calm and you feel peaceful every time anxiety comes up. But for now, I just want you to not resist it so much. I want you to let it be a part of your life and know that you're strong. This is not a problem. So if anxiety had something to say, what would it say? Listen to it as if it's just being super dramatic. It's your best friend called you on the phone. I have to tell you all these things. And you're like, okay. And they're like, thanks for listening. Like, you're welcome. Love you so much. See you later. Bye. You're allowed to just hang up the phone after it talks. That feels good. It feels good to stop resisting this part of you that you think isn't perfect. So that's the second part of this is we have to stop judging you for having anxiety. You're a human. You're supposed to have anxiety. You're supposed, and what I mean by that is you're supposed to experience this emotion sometimes. Nobody has anxiety. Like 
doctors clinically diagnosing people with anxiety, I think is like the worst thing in the world because it's like, it doesn't actually solve the problem. Number one, because they just give medications to pretend like you just don't have it and you just kind of zone out of it. It's very disempowering. But number two, it gives you this label and this like excuse where when you believe you have anxiety, all of a sudden you're a second class citizen. You're somebody who just can't handle life on your own. Guess what? Nobody can handle life. Everybody experiences anxiety. You don't have anxiety. You just experience it. And what happens when you experience it a lot is your body gets addicted to the feeling of anxiety. And so it keeps feeling it. It keeps producing that chemical because even though it feels really bad, it's normal. It's got a routine. So we've just got to break that habit for you. That's all we have to do. There's nothing wrong with you. Your brain is not broken. Your body is not broken. You're a normal human being. That is empowering. That feels better than saying, well, I've got this problem and I guess I, there's just nothing I can do about it. This is just who I am. Just not as cool, just not as confident, just not as awesome as all these other people. No, you're totally capable. You're completely the most amazing leader and friend and person and unique human and the world needs you and your gifts. What the world doesn't need is you to believe that you're not capable of living a normal life because you experience anxiety. You realize how powerful it is to let go of that narrative that like there's something wrong with you? All right, rant over. No, probably rant is not over. All right, we've learned how to let anxiety be there. We've learned how to not judge it. And I think those two things are gonna be extremely helpful for you. I want to offer you that you are powerful. You are already amazing, like right now, in this very moment with all your flaws and the weird things that you do and the amount of friends that you have and the money that you make. Like you're a miracle. You are so cool. I just want to hug you and love you. And probably that's what you need to do for yourself. You could use a little bit of love from yourself. I know that you're judging yourself because I judge myself. I'm just always constantly in a state of self-judgment. So I know that you are too. And I always have to pull myself back and remind myself, hey, Nicole, wow, I'm so proud of you. Look at what you're doing. Look how far you've come. Look how cool your life is. Look how awesome you are. It feels better, but not only that, it turns you into the person that you need to be to serve the world. And that's why we're here. Like you're here with your gifts and talents because the world needs you. It needs your unique perspective. It needs your gifts. It needs your voice. It just needs your presence. Who you are is enough right now. It's perfect for right now in this moment. You're everything that you need to be right now and you're gonna keep getting better. The world needs that version of you and the fastest way to get there is to stop telling yourself that you're not enough. Anxiety is part of that. Anxiety is part of you right now, which means that it's acceptable, it's okay, it's lovable. All right, I wanna offer 
you a very special offer that I offer to everybody. I want you to come work with me. I want you to bring your anxiety and all your fears, and I want you to become a thought boss. What that means is I want you to be in control of the way that you feel and your life. Because when you're in control of the way that you feel, there is literally nothing that you can't do. Think of all the things that you want to do, but you're not doing because they feel scary. What if you didn't feel fear? What if you could feel fear and do it anyway? Think of all the things that you want to do, but you have this thought that you're not capable or you're an imposter or nobody will listen or nobody wants to pay you money for that. All of those things can be overcome by your thoughts and I will coach you through it. It's not just affirmations. We are undoing beliefs that you have about yourself from your past, from the things that other people have said to you, from any habits that you have about thinking about who you are. We're gonna undo all of those and create this really beautiful foundation of like solid marble that makes you feel like the million bucks that you are, bazillion bajillion bucks that you are. Anyway, I want to offer that offer to you. We worked together for six months and if you wanna know how much it is, if you wanna know if it's right for you, if you want me to help you in the consultation, guess what, it's free, that's amazing. But number two, it's the most valuable thing that you could possibly do with one hour of your time. Come talk to me for an hour. The link is at thoughtbosscoaching.com or find me on Instagram at thoughtbosscoaching and let me know that you want to set up a consultation. It'll just give you options for an hour that you can pick, pick one where it's gonna be quiet and you can focus and it will change your life. I make sure my consultations are worth literally $1,000. People would pay $1,000 to have a consultation with me because it's life-changing. Anyway, I'm not gonna charge you $1,000. I just know it's worth that. I make it like that. It's completely free. Um, and then you get to decide if you wanna work together. You get to decide if that's the best way to get what you want to move forward and I'll help you make that decision. And we'll do it in the cleanest, best way possible. It'll feel amazing. I love consults. I love getting to know you and learning who you are and solving problems and lifting things that feel heavy. So I will see you on Instagram at Thought Boss Coaching. Thanks for listening. I'm gonna go have lunch with my daughter and my husband and I hope you have an amazing day. It's me, Nicole. If you want to get behind the scenes of the one and only Thought Boss, that's me, come and stalk me on Instagram. I'm at Thought Boss Coaching. Or if you're ready to finally ditch imposter syndrome and anxiety and start changing the world like you know you were born to, your dreams are literally one phone call away. To sign up for a free consultation, just head to thoughtbosscoaching.com or find me on Instagram and send me a message. 